Welcome to the Iowa Specialty Hospitals and Clinics Ish Dish Podcast, practical health advice from Iowa specialty experts. We want to connect the members of our communities with the latest healthcare information that's understandable, relatable, and useful to your daily life. So excited today, we have Amy Larson in the studio with us, and she is a hot ticket (laughs) in the mental health world, let's just put it that way. Amy is a psychiatric nurse practitioner who provides psychiatric medication services for patients of all ages. She has interests in assessing, diagnosing, and treating patients with a variety of mental health disorders in a family health clinic setting. Amy loves spending time with her husband and children, flower gardening, playing piano and organ, kayaking, and hiking. She also enjoys spending time with her patients so she can provide patient education and form trusting relationships. How did I do? Very good. Yay! (laughs) So all of that is still relevant. That is still relevant, yes. Perfect. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely, and we love having you, so welcome. Your job seems intense. (laughs) It can be. Yes, it can be. And I would love to hear now in your own words, what it is that you kind of do on a daily basis or the things that you offer, because I feel like what you do is different than maybe your average mental health counselor. Yes. So there's different types of professionals in mental health care. You have therapists, and there's different therapists that do different types of therapy. There are psychiatrists that are a medical doctor that are trained in psychiatry. And there are psychiatric nurse practitioners. I like to think of the psychiatric nurse practitioner as maybe a bridge between psychiatry and therapy because we are trained also to do therapy, which... Not all psychiatric nurse practitioners do, but I am trained in cognitive behavioral therapy. So if someone comes to see me and they're needing medication and maybe they're going through just a bad spot in their life, Mm -hmm. a divorce or a death of someone close to them, and they need just some brief, you know, types of therapy, I try and help with that also. Maybe medication is something that they need at that point. So that is what I do. I see people with different types of diagnoses. So I would say most common is depression and anxiety. Sure. But we also see bipolar, schizophrenia, ADHD is okay. also a big thing. So if somebody were to call into the clinic, for example, and needed therapy, because that's how we're going to, you know, mm-hmm. average Joe is just going to say, I need to see somebody, right. a therapist. How would they discern Between who goes to you and maybe who goes to somebody else? It depends on who refers them a lot of times. So if their family practice doctor refers them, you know, maybe they've tried a couple different antidepressants and things are just not getting better. They'll refer to a psychiatric provider. It really depends on what's going on with the situation. And if it's a patient that I see for medication and I think, you know, there's as you peel back the layers, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) there is more of a trauma-based or something that's just more than I feel like I can handle from a therapy point of view than I will refer to a therapist so that they get that ongoing therapy in addition to my services as a medication provider. Okay. 
That sounds good. Yeah. So it just depends, I guess. Oh, yeah, it always depends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then no situation is the same twice, of course. Mm-hmm. So specifically today, you are here to talk about the connection between our gut and our brain. Mm-hmm. I have read a lot of information on this lately. I am a avid podcast listener oh, sure. yes. and love hearing things about health and wellness. And recently, I'd say within the last few weeks or so, heard some information about how our gut acts as our second brain. Yes. And I think you actually had that in your notes mm-hmm. here. Yes. But just a very strong connection about keeping our gut healthy which right. in turn then keeps your brain healthy. Well, we've all experienced that. We've all experienced when we're nervous, you know, we get butterflies in our stomach mm-hmm. or we, you know, things speed up <laughs> that we maybe don't want to when fight we're really, yeah, we get into the fight or flight. <laughs> or you're pondering some decision and, or you're in a situation, you're like, you just feel it in your gut. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have that gut feeling about something. So we've all experienced that. But yes, our brain and our gut are connected even from the beginning as we start developing. They develop from the same tissue. They're connected by our vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. They're connected through our immune system. They're connected through our hormones. There's a lot of communication between the two. I was actually highlighted in my notes to ask you specifically, what exactly is the vagus nerve? Because I also hear a lot about that and how we can learn to calm that down. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the fight or flight. So Mm -hmm. that's our sympathetic nervous system that gets on alert, which is something we all need. We all need to be alerted when there's danger present. That's how our species has survived from running from the saber-toothed tiger is (laughs) (laughs) knowing that there's something going on that I need to be ready to react to. So when that is engaged, our pupils are dilated, our lungs are expanded, we are producing more glucose so that we can run, we have that energy. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of mechanisms that are in place for that. But in our society now, we don't want that turned on 24-7 because that leads to you know, this overactivation of that all the time. Sure. What does having your body producing more glucose all the time do? Well... <laughs> We've run into diabetes issues, you know, right. so there's just a lot of factors that we don't want that turned on all the time. So, yes, that goes into stress management, and that speaks to how we need to shut that off right. at times. Okay, good. Well, we'll go back to the beginning then, okay. and I will let you take it away, but I wanted to mention a couple of those things because mm-hmm. they were hot on my mind. <laughs> well, it's all connected, and that's why it's hard to, you know, just specifically look at the connection between the gut and the brain, because there's all these other factors involved also. So, yeah. But I think this is an important topic because the rates of mental health problems, depression is not going down. I think we've all seen that it's definitely increasing. And when people come to see me, you know, they want a medication. They want something that they can take to make it better. And sometimes that's all they need. Sometimes... Mm -hmm. You prescribe an antidepressant, people come back, they are better, they feel like they can then do all those other things in their life that that helps them stay better. There are people that get a little better, they're maybe not where they want to be, but they're doing okay. And then there are people that just, we call them kind of treatment refractory, they don't seem to respond to the medication. So then 
I think it's important to look at other areas of what's really going on with that person. It's not just maybe about the pill that we give them. Mm -hmm. So with medications, it's also about finding the right medication for them. There's different medications with different mechanisms of action. And there's also, we've found through doing some gene site testing with people that people metabolize medications differently. So sometimes that explains why one medication has more side effects for one person and the other person doesn't see any benefit from it and the other person thinks it's the best thing since sliced bread. Right, right. So so those are that's some testing that we can now do too. Not a one size fits all. No, no. Also when you find the right medication, the person has to take it and they have to take it <laughs> consistently. Otherwise it is not going to is work. Is that a problem in your practice? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sensing that. Yes. Absolutely, because there's no medication that doesn't have side effects to sure. it. And that's why I try and do a lot of education when people come in because sometimes those first two weeks of taking an antidepressant can be more side effects than benefit. We produce most of our serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter that we target a lot Mm -hmm. with antidepressants. Well, we produce that in our gut, a lot of it. Would not have guessed that. when you start an antidepressant, you can have nausea, you can have diarrhea until your body adjusts to that medication. So, so just, and you have to just get through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless it's really bad, then sure. call and we can try something different, right, definitely. Right. But sometimes that is just those first two weeks is just kind of living with some of those side effects until your body adjusts and then we start seeing the benefit of the medication. Okay. So hanging with it. Treating for an adequate length of time, making sure the dose is adequate to treat them so that we can get remission of symptoms. Also important for a lot of people is psychotherapy. So we have to examine some of those habits we get into. When we have anxiety or depression for a long time, we get into thought patterns that Mm. are kind of like automatic thoughts, just the way we start automatically thinking about situations. And so we have to really examine those and then try and change. So like anything, we can't change a behavior until we recognize it. Right. So that is what therapy helps people do is change some of those thought patterns that we get into. Boy, that's a challenge. Yes. I mean, I have been down that road before. You know, mm-hmm. you start negative self-talking yeah. and yeah. maybe you don't even realize you're no, doing it. It's that conversation that we have going on in our head that yeah. a lot of us don't even recognize but can have a profound effect on how we feel. Yeah, because what we tell ourselves, we pretty much believe. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're such weird creatures. <laughs> It's complicated. It is. It can be, for sure. (laughs) The other factor when treating depression, I feel like, is really looking at the lifestyle. Okay. So are we just sitting in a chair all the time? Are we sleeping? Sleep is huge. Are we managing our stress that we have going on? What are we eating? Are we socializing? I feel like there is an epidemic of loneliness Mm. in this country, and it makes people... You know, we don't have that community feeling, I think, a lot of times that people really need. Right. And then use of substances, alcohol and tobacco and drugs are going to definitely have a a negative effect on how we feel. And now we are seeing research that shows that the organisms in our gut also play a role on how we feel. And all of those things that we just talked about have an effect on 
those organisms. So wow. the antidepressants that we prescribe and how we're managing our stress, all of those things affect the organisms in our gut. You know, it seems as though, and I'm 90% sure of this, that if we all would just lower the stress, <laughs> exercise, and eat better, those three things right there, we would, we'd be killing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. It now, is. there's still people with major depressive disorder that, you know, there is still that population that is more complicated to sure. treat, yeah. definitely. But for a lot of people with mild symptoms or having some issues where stress is getting high, I mean, if we manage some of those other things, like if we're making sure that we're practicing good sleep hygiene, we're going to bed at the same time every night, we're you know, getting all of those hours in that we need, and just trying to take a break from the world for a little bit with stress yeah. management can be huge. Yeah. And what they're also seeing now is what you are eating can have a huge impact on your gut mm -hmm. and how you feel. Not just mental health in a lot of different areas. Yeah, crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Food is a drug. It can be. I mean, it yeah. can be used, you know, in a good mm -hmm. way or a bad way. So I, right. all those processed foods that everybody's loving. Yes. Not so good. Not so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, our diet... Um, our Western diet has been linked to a lot of the issues that we have, including obesity and depression and um, diabetes and our cardiovascular disease, irritable bowel syndrome, all of those kinds of things is linked to that. And so research is showing, leaning really strongly towards eating more of a Mediterranean type right. diet. Yeah. And we've all heard that. We all know these are things that we need to do, but mm -hmm. it's hard to make such a big change. We're raised <laughs> eating this way and yeah. to, to change that is huge. So I encourage people to do little things. You don't have to train for a marathon and change your whole way you're eating overnight. Right. You make little changes at a time. So I think sleep is mm -hmm. a big one. It's a huge my one. My husband yes. teases me on a regular basis about my bedtime routine. <laughs> But it's my routine. Mm -hmm. And I like to be in bed by a certain time, reading, doing whatever, calming down, mm -hmm. getting to sleep by 10 yeah. is ideal, you know, because I get up early and work right. out. And I'm like, well, let's just, we'll mm -hmm. just see how this plays out. It's important. Mister. We need that. <laughs> right. We need those deep phases of sleep. You know, that's when we take things that we've learned during the day and mm -hmm. integrated into our brain. And that's when we build our reserves so that we can cope with the stress the next day. Right. If our reserves are chronically emptying over time, things happen. We have these bigger reactions to them than we need to. And, you know, making mountains out of molehills. Oh, and kind of also thing. bad choices. Mm -hmm. You know, those nights when you have two or three hours of sleep the next <laughs> yes. day, I'll take a candy bar over a glass of water right. or whatever. Right. You know, bad mm -hmm. choices are yep. always made. <laughs> right. It's just hard yep. to keep it together. Yep. When we don't feel like we are in that space where we have that balance, mm -hmm. it all comes back to balance. Yeah. Yep. yep. And with balance, you know, when we look at, they call it the microbiota, is okay. the, all the organisms in our gut. And when that gets off balance, that is called dysbiosis. And when it's imbalanced, it's called eubiosis. Okay. And when we have dysbiosis, 
our gut is not as rich and diverse. You see those words a lot in the literature. They want a rich and diverse microbiota. So when it's off balance, we can have more organisms that are maybe not good for us, less of the good ones, and just things are not where they should be. And research is actually looking at different microorganisms that are present in people with depression or Mm -hmm. other mental health disorders or other health problems in general, so that maybe, I don't know, maybe someday they can know exactly where we're going with some of this treatment. That would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they also have discovered, you know, going back to the stress that we talked about, stress early in life. So children faced with some abuse, trauma, sets you up for anxiety, depression, some mental health issues later in life, Mm -hmm. definitely. And it can also affect what organisms are forming and colonizing in your gut. Wow. At at an early age. At an early age, yes. That's amazing. So the gut microbiota begins to colonize at birth, and that depends on genetics somewhat, how the baby is delivered. So if it's a Mm C-section or if it's a vaginal delivery, different things like that can affect uh, what organisms colonize in in the gut. That's fascinating. And by three, that is established. Huh. Mm-hmm. But it changes. We, it can change over the course of our life, okay. depending on stress, antibiotics. When we take antibiotics, that can kind of knock everything out. And so that mm-hmm. changes how we're feeling at the time. Well, those that medication right there, doesn't that completely change the flora of your it can. Intestines or your... Yeah. I know I, I was a frequent antibiotic user at one point just because I got sinus infections. Mm-hmm. And it was always just so tough on your stomach. Right. So when we talk about that balance, that's where that interferes with that. And sometimes we have to take, you know, antibiotics. But I think yeah. overall, the medical community is looking at only when necessary. Sure. And we don't want to use them for longer than we need to because it takes out the good stuff. Right. Sometimes, and then that can cause problems. So we talked about antibiotics, stress, our diet. Again, Mm -hmm. poor diet can affect and cause things to get off balance. Use of alcohol causes increased inflammation. So when things are off balance in our microbiota, our gut is lined with cells, and we normally have very tight connections in our lining of our gut. So that protects us from all of these organisms in our gut, but also allows for us to absorb things, nutrients from our foods. When things are off balance, those junctions can get opened a little bit. And so then we have some of those bad things that can kind of leak out of the gut. And so... Leaky gut. Leaky gut. I've heard of it. I just... (laughs) I'm like, what does Mm -hmm. this mean? Leaky gut. (laughs) Okay. So then we have these organisms in parts of our body that's not used to that. And so our body goes on alert, and here we have the immune system kicking in and Mm. saying, wait a minute, that's not supposed to be here, creates inflammation. So inflammation is also involved in this whole picture. Sure. Because inflammation is good in the short term. You know, we have an infection, our body, you know, says, oh my gosh, we have to send the army Mm -hmm. to fix this infection. So we 
cure the infection, and then crisis is over. We go back to business as usual, just like our sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there to alert us. Something's happening. We need to be ready to respond, but then we want that shut off. Okay. It's when inflammation keeps going on a chronic basis because maybe we're under chronic stress or we've got something else going on, so we've got kind of leaky gut. So we're always on this inflammation kick. And so they have discovered that some people with depression, other health issues, they have these markers, some of their markers in their blood for some of these inflammatory chemicals, cytokines, those types of things are higher. So Hmm. that's where it all kind of comes together. All full circle. (laughs) All full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yes. So it just goes back to show we can't treat one part of our body in isolation of everything else, you know, when it's depression or, you know, it depression's linked to a lot of cardiovascular issues, you know, it's linked to people with diabetes, which also is inflammation. Right, right. <laughs> so anything we can do to decrease inflammation is important. Exercise is probably the biggest anti-inflammatory thing that we can do. Any specific type? No, I think anything. So anything you can do besides sitting (laughs) is important. Yeah, (laughs) sitting's bad. Anything that you can do that gets you up moving more than not. Mm -hmm. So like I tell my patients, just get up and walk around the block. Anything you can do in small increments. And then maybe the next week or two, then you walk two blocks. It's just doing something. But exercise shows benefit in every system in our body. And you will just feel better Mm -hmm. all the way around. Because it helps decrease all of those those factors that are causing the depression or the anxiety, those types of things. What's your opinion on an anti-inflammatory diet? Right. And that's important. That's what we talked Mm -hmm. about with the Mediterranean diet. Mm -hmm. So Okay. So that that would be a good example of that. Okay. Yes. So you want to basically avoid really sugary, um, highly refined foods, um, trans fats, <laughs> <laughs> highly processed foods, those, those kinds of things. Stay um, out of the middle aisles yes. in the store. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to eat things that have a, an ingredient list that you can't understand, I True. think, mm-hmm. <laughs> to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's overwhelming for people. Well, I don't know what that means. I don't know. So it's, it's making those small choices. So you're integrating more variety as far as whole grains, fruits and vegetables, lean proteins, some nuts, some you know beans, those types of things into your diet, sure. and just trying in small phases to make those changes. My husband and I are kind of embarking on some of those right now, mm-hmm. and we have been reading the book called The Obesity Code. Okay, and there's a lot of information, a lot of research in this book, but we have kind of embarked a little bit on this intermittent fasting mm-hmm. um, journey. And I already feel better. Yeah. It's amazing how just those small little changes in a couple weeks mm-hmm. can make you feel like a new person. Yes, absolutely. Just lighter and mm-hmm. all the way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it has a, an amazing effect. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if we look at how to keep our gut healthy, um, we've talked about some of those things managing stress, maintain a healthy weight. 
um, because, you know, I'm sure you read in your obesity book that, you know, when we're overweight, even some of those fat cells that we have will release some inflammatory sure. markers. So we want to keep a healthy weight, get enough sleep, exercise regularly, all of those things. Socialization, being a part of something bigger than ourselves is also important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Question, the medication, the over-the-counter that you can take to keep your gut healthier, what are those? Probiotics. Probiotics. Mm-hmm. I was sitting here thinking, what is the name of that? I take those every day. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion on those? Well, as far as probiotics treating major depressive disorder, I think we have would have a long ways to sure. say that that would treat that. I don't have any particular type that would be um, good. I think you know, eating a variety of foods in your diet, you can get some of that through mm-hmm. yogurt and that kind of thing. Sure. But research is not really there yet to say that. Boy, you know, if you take a probiotic, you're immune from depression for your right, whole life or right. anything like that. But yeah. I think it's a, a focus that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. It is so easy in this day and age to take a pill. Yes. And instead of doing the work. Yes. And I am trying to get over that myself. You mm-hmm. know, instead of taking this supplement, maybe let's eat some food mm-hmm. that has that vitamin in it, and right. then you get double the benefits. Right. And how I explain that to patients is, you know, we're going to start this medication because at this point their symptoms are so severe where, no, they aren't going to exercise because they're basically trying to, it's all they could do that day to get to the clinic to see me or take a shower. Mm -hmm. That's where we're starting. So medication can go into place to bring those symptoms under control enough so that we can start looking at the other things. Then we can start, you know, because when you're in the, the pit, Mm-hmm. you're not even going to benefit from therapy at that point because oh, you're in survival sure. mode, mm-hmm. right? So the medication brings symptoms under control enough so that, okay, now we can look at maybe some of those thought patterns that we're having or just being able to talk to someone and get some of this grief out or things mm-hmm. like that. And then, you know, the other part of that I look at as, okay, now we can look at the lifestyle stuff. So... Let's look at your sleep. Let's look at your diet. Let's look at exercise. Do you have support? Mm-hmm. Do you have someone you can talk to when things aren't going well? Do you feel like you've got a community around you? So all of those things come together. And so when we treat depression, that's what we have to look at. Perfect. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. But what a great way to start. Yeah. You know, just, and, and if somebody's listening to this podcast and feels like we're talking to you, Let's just have a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Just right. make a phone call and make an appointment to mm-hmm. see you and yeah. then go from there. Absolutely. Nothing happens overnight. That's right. <laughs> That's, <for sure. laughs> That's right. And, and the other thing to consider is there aren't any side effects to you know, exercise except a few sore muscles. Now tell or that to my knee. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> or stress reduction, you know, doing some guided relaxation, mm-hmm. breathing techniques. There aren't side effects to those things. That's why I encourage that as much as possible. Yeah. And it, just on a personal note, I am one of more, I'm a little bit tighter wound and so I downloaded the Calm app yes. on my mm-hmm. phone and I paid for the premium. And I get alerts now that say breathe. Just probably take a <laughs> moment and mm-hmm. I sometimes for the most part I will do that. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing after I take a five-minute breather with yes. this app, I just, okay, I can mm-hmm. do this now. 
because you've done that on a regular basis. So when you do those coping strategies like breathing, like guided relaxation, it gives your brain another habit, so Mm -hmm. to speak, instead of going to the anxious thoughts, the depressive thoughts, it allows you to form a new habit around that same emotion that it can go to and you start, you know, when I'm anxious, oh, I do this breathing technique mm-hmm. and it helps me feel better because I've established that connection in my brain. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. you can go a whole day and wonder, did I ever take yeah. a deep breath today? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm just breathing right above because my... Because you feel tense. Yes, yeah. you just... Yeah. This and short when we're little... anxious, we mm-hmm. breathe in our chest, not in our abdomen where we should. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So if anybody wants to talk to you further, is it mostly a personal, like a provider that they have who would make the referral or can they call you directly to make an appointment? They don't need a referral to see me. Okay, People perfect. can call directly and they can call the scheduling number and then they'll be directed to the mental health coordinator okay. and she will handle the intake process. So there's usually a packet of information that we have patients fill out mm-hmm. and that can be done. They can text that to them or email that to them. So it's done kind of online. Okay. And then they can get in to see me. Perfect. And you are seeing patients primarily in Webster City. Mm -hmm. On Monday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm in Webster City. Okay. And then in Clarion. On Wednesdays. On Wednesdays. And hot off the press. Yes. We just received information that you will now be seeing patients in our Des Moines clinic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, It says here, the fourth Tuesday of the month, effective October 24th. Right. So that is just starting. We're going to kind of play it by ear, see how that goes. Yeah, and exciting. that might you know, expand at some point in the future. And, and for anybody listening, that is our Iowa Weight Loss Clinic, but mm-hmm. we are expanding that to more um, service lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, Dr. Nelson sees patients down there for um, neck and spine, and now you'll be down there for the psychiatric mental health. So, so exciting. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, it's great. Growth. Mm-hmm. Love growth. I'm all about it. <laughs> okay. Well, any other um, parting thoughts or anything you want to tell our listeners? I don't think so. I think I covered everything that I wanted to. Well, thank you so much for coming today. Yeah. I really appreciate having you on. And nice to be here. Nice Perfect. to be here. Love it. Thank you for listening to Iowa Specialty Hospitals and Clinics Ish Dish Podcast. For more information on the topic we discussed today, visit us on the web at iowaspecialtyhospital.com. There, you can read a transcript of today's episode or previously aired episodes, as well as get the latest news from Iowa Specialty Hospitals and Clinics and explore all of the services that we offer. For the Ish Dish Podcast, I'm Gina. Thanks for tuning in.